Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Bob Seska. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. Okay, uh, Bob, my friend, it's just you and I today. <laughs> Episode 61, we're without Justin because he's selfishly gone and got COVID. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Get well soon, Justin. Man, that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. I, I, uh, COVID is miserable. COVID is, we were talking to him yesterday and uh, he's, he's not having a great time. Um, COVID is no fun at all. Uh, I speak with with <laughs> with the experience of eight weeks of long COVID but, uh, under my belt. So, um, yeah, sorry, Justin's not here. And actually today, Bob, um, I'm not actually talking to Bob. I'm talking to an AI version of Bob. Um, <laughs> Man, that thing has thrown me for such a, a loop in terms of my insecurities and self-loathing. <laughs> like, please tell me I don't really write like that. Please, everyone, no, I need no. help. Because I'm looking at that going that no 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 if i write like that please i want to jump off a cliff it's so weird when it generated the text i just said um i just the input i just wrote um you know write an article like in the voice of bob seska <laughs> and um and it and it i mean it clearly what it must have done it must have mined through your old articles and looked for you know, thing maybe turns of phrases that you use regularly or something like that. I hope um, not, man, because that was the worst part of that AI thing. It, it was like the turns of phrases used in there. Like, please tell me I don't use uh, <laughs> metaphors like smorgasbord. smorgasbord. Jesus no, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mine through your work myself, Bob, and find out whether you've whether you've used the word smorgasbord. Um, <laughs> I, don't recall, I don't remember you. I don't remember that happening, but it, yeah. either I way, try, it was weird. No, I try not to. It, but it was weird because I remember reading it and thinking, okay, it's like someone's sort of, it would sound like an AI version of you, right? Like a, like a weird, not real plastic version of the real, of the real thing, like where you could <laughs> automatically tell that this is not you, but yeah. it's like someone trying to sound like you but like failing miserably it was it was so strange yeah i mean it's, it's almost as though you know we hired the intern to write my piece this week or something like that and they really don't know how the hell it is that i right i mean the whole thing turned out to be like a promo for something i'm about to write uh not necessarily something that i would write like hey everybody here comes some snark Right. No, sorry. Now, see, I'm even saying that, and I'm starting to get the flop sweat saying it out loud. It's so uncomfortable. So, yeah, one of our readers suggested that we try and do an AI Chez, and I and I, I don't think I can. Right? Yeah. I think Chez would don't like, don't listen. he would fucking you know what he would so fucking hate that he oh would God, you know yeah. as badly as I'm reacting to it he would yeah. react a thousand times worse. Like, he wouldn't be person. able to write anything for months. You would yeah. lose a writer for months and months while he recovered. Yeah, I, I would be. I'm not a superstitious person particularly. Yeah, right? but and I don't know about the afterlife. Maybe there is. Maybe there isn't. I have no <laughs> idea. Right. But on the on the off chance that there is, right, I think that I when I go, um, and there is an afterlife, Ches would be waiting there for me and be like. <laughs> with a crowbar yeah he'd be like you fucking bastard why did you do like you've trashed my entire reputation yeah he would be yeah. so pissed he would be so <laughs> pissed yeah so i don't know i don't think i i want to leave that one alone you know yeah. what i mean probably I, 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 a good idea yeah i feel like we, we could probably take it right like um Ch chez was the chez was <laughs> do you remember when he got writer's block for like about he had it for like three months or something. Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. he kept emailing me going, I've got right. I was like, I'm like, just write anything. I don't care what you write. And he wrote stuff and it was good. And he was like, this is terrible. Like, it's awful. I'm like, Ches, it's fine. It's completely normal. So I dread, yeah, I dread to think what, um, what an, seeing himself in, in, uh, 
AI, an AI version of himself would do to him. So no, we won't do that. Sorry, readers. Um, no AI chairs, at least, at least, at least not, to, not till it's radically improved. <laughs> right. You know? Um, so look, anyway, we're, we're without Justin, Bob and I, we're going we're gonna to do our best to soldier on. Um, we've got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about the uh, the Ohio train disaster and the the insane conspiracy theories and overreaction from the right without them knowing yes. what any of this is about. Uh, Tucker Carlson got completely manhandled by Chelsea Handler, Handler over a truly disgusting... Uh, this is even for Tucker Carlson. This is, is pretty disgusting. Um, continue the right-wing war on trans people. Bob, I want to talk about your article this week usa this week which was fantastic um we have some we have a matt taibbi clip for you you know i have a a, oh, good. a, a long a long-standing grudge against matt taibbi but we're going to be talking about what what's happened to him and, and this this quote in particular so so please chime in it was him on the joe rogan podcast and uh, it involves elon musk obviously and tucker carlson we have our both side segment and then in the emergency meeting we're going to be discussing the Matt Gates debacle. Uh, Matt Gates is apparently not being um, uh, prosecuted for sex. Was it underrated? Is it sex trafficking? Um, so yeah. There's a whole story there uh, that's, ob- that's, again, being completely distorted by the media. It's an important one that we talk about this because um, you know there's a lot of criticism flying around. People who think he's guilty, like, where should you, where should we come down on this, right? Like, is this a conspiracy like is saying he's guilty of conspiracy is saying he's not guilty of conspiracy. Okay. This is a big subject we need to get into, but anyway, we're going to go do that in the emergency meeting. So look, first of all, we're going to go into the Ohio train disaster, right? This was, so I've been following this story. Um, and what's interested me most is the right, all the reactions to this online. So I was getting, texted by people who I know, who I actually respect, who are more on the sort of libertarian side of things, but they're like, you know, this is a big cover-up and, you know, oh, all, this, Jesus. all the balloons that are being shot or the UFOs that are being shot, uh, this is a distraction from, you know, these these issues, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, this is an article in the New York Times, and I thought this is a very good article in the New York Times today by Stuart A. Thompson. And um, the headline of the article is Chernobyl 2.0, Ohio train derailment spurs wild speculation. Um, so, <laughs> but I can just I can see you rolling your eyes, Bob. Um, here we go. So here's the article. It says since a train carrying hazardous materials derailed in Ohio nearly two weeks ago, residents have feared for their safety. A controlled burn of the toxic materials has filled the air and covered surface waters and soil with chemicals. Dead fish have floated in nearby creeks and an unnerving aroma has lingered in the air. But for many commentators from across the political spectrum, the speculation has gone far beyond known facts. Right-wing commentators have been particularly critical, using the crisis to sow distrust about government agencies and suggest that the damage could be irreparable. Um, On social media like Twitter and Telegram, um, commentators have called the situation the largest environmental crisis in history, sorry, disaster in history, or simply Chernobyl 2.0, invoking the 1986 nuclear disaster. They warned without evidence that vital water reservoirs serving states downriver would be badly contaminated, and they suggested that the authorities, railroad companies, and mainstream news media were purposefully obscuring the full toll of the crisis. So I've been watching this. Fox News has been going on about this. Um, here we are. This was Jesse Waters on the Fox, the Fox News said, quote, you better punch in at 9am Ohio, even if it means inhaling mustard gas on the way in. And uh, he said, Ohio town looks like Chernobyl. So this is the usual, like, look, we don't know, right? This is, this is the problem we have right now with a, on, you know, social media and B right wing attempts to, basically propagandize all information. Um, I'm not saying the left doesn't do it. The left does does do it, but it's not in, in anywhere near a damaging way as this, right? So 
like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why we can't deal with problems normally anymore, right? Of course, this is a yeah, disaster. Yeah. Well, when there's an entire segment of online media that is uh, dependent on conspiracy theories, dependent on going to the going to the absolute extreme explanation for everything because it sells online because it drives engagement it drives clicks it drives shares and all the rest of it naturally they're going to do that but the problem is that the conversation then comes down to conspiracy or not a conspiracy rather than this is a problem and this is how we solve it in a practical sense so that's the danger of this as silly and stupid as it is and it is extraordinarily silly and stupid um it's also at the same time, uh, you know, they, they're constantly talking about distractions. This is distracting from the actual disaster that happened there. And no one's disputing that it's a disaster. But you can't fucking blame Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden for this disaster. What are these guys expecting, like Pete Buttigieg to put on his engineer's cap and his overalls and drive the trains himself? I mean, that's insane. The right. fact of the matter is here, this is all, this is, and, and this is the conversation that should be had if we lived in a sane country at this point. And I still believe that uh, our society is suffering from some sort of uh, massive nervous breakdown. Here's what the problem is. The problem is deregulation. The problem is specifically Republican deregulation. And obviously, this is something I'm not breaking any news when I say this, but it, it comes down to this U.S. Department of Transportation uh, repeal of the ECP break rule for in uh, 2017 when Donald Trump was president. So Donald Trump's Department of Transportation repealed that 2015 uh, Railroad Administration rule that requires freight railroads to employ electronically controlled pneumatic brakes on certain kinds of trains hauling hazardous material. This is uh, the, the reason they're going to conspiracies. The reason why now Charlie Kirk is demonizing rail and saying, oh, my God, railways are unsafe because of the derailments. Liberals don't want you to drive your cars anymore. They want you to. This is all because they're they don't want to talk about the fact that their policies, conservative policies, drove this like so many other disasters in this country that are absolutely avoidable i mean it's at the same time we're talking about this gigantic uh, health crisis in eastern ohio you see what's happening in turkey and syria with the consequences of that earthquake yes it was a natural disaster it was an act of god but it was a deregulatory climate that led to, uh, and I'm using that very technical term for, yeah, we're not building our uh, our structures to withstand a serious earthquake, even though we're in an earthquake zone. And, and that's what's caused so much horrifying death and tragedy in Turkey as a result of this earthquake, because the buildings couldn't withstand the shaking. And so they just crumbled into dust and all those people, uh, tr babies trapped under the rubble, killed by the rubble. It's my worst fucking nightmare. And so th that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about a climate of deregulation and the consequences of that. And so yeah, it's I, I, very I, easy to go to a conspiracy theory to, uh, side. You've hit, the, you've, you've hit the nail on the head, Bob. Yeah. hundred percent. Listen, I'm going to play a clip. This was, um, Marco Rubio. Um, on uh, talking about the, the the disasters in in public infrastructure stuff and, and transport, um, here we are. And I don't know what the guy needs to do to get fired because he's been sleep, asleep at the switch, no pun intended, uh, his entire time in office. Whether it's meltdowns at the FAA, whether it's what happened with Southwest Airlines, now this derailment of toxic chemicals. But I, I don't. His job is to make sure that not only is our system of transportation in this country reliable, but that it is safe. Oh, my God. Asleep at the switch. You know what? <laughs> the old man who's asleep at the switch, according to Fox News Channel. Uh, I'm just going to keep saying this. <laughs> Completely owned every single Republican in the House chamber during the State of the Union. 
That's yeah. never happened before by even with much younger presidents, even with Republican presidents, since they're so, you know, alert and uh, always right and always strategically perfect. You know what? Joe Biden owned all those guys. They walked right into it and he let them have it. And so uh, let's keep let's keep hearing about uh, how asleep at the switch Joe Biden is. God, yes. damn. They're all getting the memo on this, right? The, the, yeah. the Republicans are all getting the memo on this, and they're repeating the same talking points. And I just want to point out, right, so he's going after Buttigieg about this, about how he's responsible for all of this. Um, so Trump wanted his personal pilot to head the FAA. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Uh, right? Yes, I do. I remember that. Right. This is he, he, he slashed the Department of Transportation's budget. Um, gutted Amtrak, right, you talked about the break rule. I mean, he cut their budget massively. Th- this is the exactly what the fault of the Republicans, right? Th- this is, you can't have it both ways, right? You can't cut all of this stuff. Democrats get in and try to clean up the mess. And then, predict- unfortunately, the Democrats almost always have to deal with the disasters of the last presidency, right? Mm-hmm. Of Republican rule, which is always includes gutting regulation, which then sets up giant problems for the future, right? It's like, you know, the Wall Street crash in 2008. This was, you've had eight years of of massive amounts of deregulation under George Bush. Obama gets in, has to clean up the mess, and all of a sudden he's responsible for the state of the economy. It happens over and over and over again, right? Biden takes over from Trump, uh, has to clean up the, the almighty mess I mean, I know firsthand, I know about government agencies. I've like loads, lots of my neighbors work for the EPA um, and other, other kind of uh, governmental institutions. And they have all said, yeah, like under Trump, people just left, right? They're, a lot of these um, departments are just empty because they didn't, they didn't bother hiring people, right? Because mm-hmm. they don't know, because nobody competent would go and willingly work for, the, for Trump, right? Um, and a lot of people just decided to get out because of the craziness, right, with the people that he was putting in charge of the EPA. So, I mean, some people stuck around the EPA and um, uh, were sort were trying to resist what was happening and, and blowing the whistle on, on. Do you remember all of that stuff? That there were EPA whistleblowers about how, what Trump was doing to the EPA? Oh, yeah, yeah. And the EPA is already anemic. Right, exactly, exactly. So, again, this is just another example of... Republicans destroying everything when they get into office and then waiting for Democrats to clean it up and blaming them for it at the same time. And Rubio, I mean, listen, little Marco, uh, is, do you think he's running for president again? Uh, maybe. I, I think there's a strong chance of that. I mean, once I, I want to see it. I want to see him get humiliated again. I, I just want to see it so I can watch him get humiliated. That's oh, yeah. My, and you're going to yeah. see it. You're going to see it on television because uh, there are going to be debates this summer. Yes, yeah, 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 wonderful. So, anyway, little Marco, you, you, you go for it. You go for it, big boy. You're gonna watch what happens when, uh, when uh, Big Daddy, um, got to you like a fish, like he did last time. I, I love this this guy, uh, who's out there, um, you know, pretending to be the big, uh, the big, the hot shot. Mm-hmm. When it, when he was completely, oh my god, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Is watching Marco Rubio get his 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 balls cut off by Donald Trump, <laughs> and, and there's know? no chance that he's ever gonna win. I mean. It's a business model to run for president. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's a PR campaign. It's a big um, uh, cynical cash grab. Right, 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 right. So look, there, there was. I wanted to do a. Actually, you know, I'm going to change this up a little bit, right? Because um, this was a, a Tucker Carlson story about. I've got two Tucker Carlson stories, right? The first one was about Tucker Carlson and Chelsea Handler. Did you did you see that? Right. Uh, refresh my memory. I don't think I did. Tucker Carlson and Chelsea Hand- Han- Chelsea Handler. Sorry, I keep saying that. Um, <laughs> so uh, Tucker Carlson like went after Chelsea Handler for being a single woman with no kids, because of course you, of you know, course, what, yeah, right, because right, you right, can't right. really be a woman if she's you know single and has children, right? Right, 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 right. So. Because Chelsea Handler posted a Valentine's Day video about the day in the life of a childless woman, about you know her life as a childless woman, and she's having a great time. And this caused a major meltdown amongst the right wing lunatics or the right wing misogynists at Fox News. 
so um, Ben Shapiro, Tucker Carlson, all chimed in um, on on this, and you know they had a, I think a comedian on saying that she had like a dried up womb and all this kind of stuff, and uh, I mean it was just unbelievably offensive, and. Chelsea Handler basically owned them. I mean, it was pretty. Her response was brutal, and um, I'm just going to quote her. She said, "Wow," she said in response, "Why would I even need my own children when I get to hear these crybabies all the time? You guys seem so triggered by me. I mean, my goodness, Tucker. I think it's time for you to ask yourself a serious question. Are you really upset about how much freedom I have, or are you just upset that you haven't been able to take it away from me yet?" <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, uh, and and I don't know if you saw the Don Lemon thing too. Um, it's uh, Don Lemon was basically saying uh, a woman is uh, a woman's prime ends in her forties. Yeah, Don. You know what? You know, maybe time to sit this one out, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? That's so uh, sexist and horrendous. Uh, certainly not at the level of Tucker Carlson, but it's worth mentioning. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would say in, in fairness to, to, to Don Lemon, I think he was trying to, what he was trying to do was he was talk, I think it was Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, right. Had been going after Trump and, uh, uh, Biden about that age. Right. So Nikki Haley's whole thing was about, you know, anybody over 75 needs to take a mental competency test. And then I think Don Lemon was trying to say, listen, you're not in your prime either. Um, it didn't go down. It was, I, I listen, just leave that subject alone. That's what I would say. That, like, yes, good God. Live television, sometimes you, you blurt shit, but it actually kind of reveals what he honestly thinks, which is dubious at best. Yes, yes. Not nearly on the level of Tucker Carlson, who, who, and he he enjoys being spiteful and mean and uh, saying these you know deeply unpleasant things about women. I mean, the guy is a real he he really is a nasty piece of work. Well, yeah, and, and um, he's entirely full of shit. I mean, as we learned from the Dominion filing yesterday. I mean, mm. further uh, illustrating that Fox News yeah. is disinfo entertainment or <laughs> disinfotainment or wh- whatever you want to call it, because obviously they're. Uh, saying one thing behind the scenes and another thing on the air. Uh, right. So this is the other thing I was going to bring up, right? In fact, about the, my, my other Tucker Carlson story was this whole thing, the Dominion thing that, um, so this was published on Business Insider, Business Insider right? So I, w- I want to get your comment on this, Bob, as well. So said, um, uh, two days after the election 2020, Fox News host Tucker Carlson texted his producer warning that Fox News' decision to call the state of Arizona for Joe Biden on election night could spell doom for the network. That's according to a newly released court filing Thursday. The document, a 200-page motion for summary judgment in Dominion voting systems defamation lawsuit against Fox News, featured multiple depositions, excerpts and texts from top Fox News figures, including Carlson, Sean Hannity, Rupert Murdoch and others. Um, so this is so top, Carlson texted his producers saying, we work really hard to build what we have. Uh, those fuckers who projected the results are destroying our credibility. It enrages me. Carlson added that he had spoken with fellow primetime commentators Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity minutes earlier, and they were highly upset. Quote, at this point, we're getting hurt no matter what, he wrote, according to the filing. So Hmm. Tucker Carlson was annoyed that his network called the election for Biden. Right? About... Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because Because it was pissing off the base. And he said, you never piss off the base. It's ruining our stock price. He's concerned about the stock price of Fox News Channel. It's just an amazing thing. And it's just one of many examples in those text messages of uh, what Fox News hosts really believe. Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, uh, producers, Rupert Murdoch himself. Uh, they all know, for example, that Sidney Powell was full of shit talking about how there was all this fraud. And and Tucker Carlson even admitted in one of the text messages that he disproved her in real time on his show. And at at the same time, it just, uh, at the same time, uh, criticizing Sidney Powell, they continue to uh, talk about voter fraud. In fact, he was talking about it, talking about uh, Joe Biden stealing the election last night on his show. 
So, uh, and I always wonder whether or not news like this is going to impact Fox News viewership. Because that's part of the problem. I mean, they were seeing themselves losing viewers to OAN and Newsmax and all those sites, which were just com- or all those uh, channels that were just completely throwing any sort of tethering to reality out the window. And so they felt as though, well, we got to compete against those guys. We can't lose our audience to those guys. So we have to jump all in with this, uh, you know, rigged election bullshit that Donald Trump is uh, inventing and the people around him are inventing. So uh, very damaging for democracy. And, uh, you know, the the interesting thing about this is even while Fox News is presenting itself as entertainment, the problem is that uh, they're not informing their audience of their intentions. So we call it entertainment. We call it disinfotainment or whatever you want to call it. But what it really is is fraud. It is a, a hoax foisted upon a, an audience that doesn't quite realize that they're being fooled. And I don't know that this is going to change their minds because they'll probably see this as being a, a hoax. That's the poison in all of this. The real hoax, Fox News Channel, is seen as, well, they're the, the most valued news source in America, while at the same time, the actual uh, reality of the situation, these text messages, that's the real hoax. Yeah, and it's all just performance art, right? I mean, I think these texts reveal that what Tucker Carlson is doing, he's just, he's just acting. Right. It's a whole performance piece. It's just a load of theater. He doesn't actually believe anything that he's saying. Right. But but if you go to a theater, you know, you're there for fiction. (laughs) It's you know, it's a show. The performers Mm. aren't trying to pass off what's happening on stage as reality. Mm. So when you're doing that, I mean, imagine watching, I don't know, for example, a poker face. And Natasha Lyonne gets on, uh, you know, an episode of Jimmy Fallon and says, oh, hey, yeah, by the way, all that stuff that you see in Poker Face, all that really happened. It's a documentary. (laughs) No, it's not. It's fiction. But that would be a fraud. I mean, in that case, that would be perpetrating a fraud on the audience. And that's I, I don't know that Dominion's lawsuit is going to be successful only because in the weirdest possible way, Fox News continues to identify itself as a news organization protected by the free press clause in the First Amendment. So I don't know how far this lawsuit can go, but a lot like the investigations into Donald Trump, it's about what we learn in the process Mm. of the lawsuit, not so much outcome of the lawsuit. So in this case, it's these text messages exposing their fraud. And uh, I, that, irrespective of how this lawsuit turns out, that's the important thing. Right, right, right. I mean, I do hope this lawsuit does something. I mean, it, they because they destroyed Dominion's business. I mean, they really did promoting this stuff. It was just absolute garbage. It was entirely and- made up. And Tucker Carlson admitted it was made up. Laura Ingram admitted it was made up. Sean Hannity admitted it was bullshit. Right. And, and, and I mean, but the, the, what the craziest thing is, is that he's these text messages, he's basically saying like, look, you, we all know this is bullshit, right? But we're damaging our brand by not publishing it by like, by, by sort of, we have to go along with this. We have to go along with this fiction. We have to go along with this nonsense. Um, and by calling the election early for Biden in Arizona, which, which was right, right. The Fox team was right. Uh, but they, he was he was absolutely outraged by it because because it then it fed into all this kind of insane right wing conspiracy theory that that actually Trump was winning the election and that it was a giant fraud. So you know he's just a PR guy and this like the whole Chelsea Handler thing. I know it's, it's not really related, right? But it's it, it, it's like another example of the guy. It's like performance art, right? That. I mean, he's got, I don't understand. He's got kids. He's got a wife. He's not, you know, I actually, I know people who've worked with him, right? I've got a couple of friends who've worked on a show with him and said he was actually a decent guy. He seemed like a decent guy. But he's saying these disgusting, horrendous things about Mm -hmm. women, about the election. um, 
And he knows it's all bullshit, but he does it anyway for money. It's like the absolute worst of the worst of the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is uh, a group of media elites, television elites, duping all of the rubes. Mm. And I think the sooner that audience figures that out, the better off they will be. Because what's happening in those areas that are heavily influenced by Fox News Channel? Well, shit's falling apart. I mean, Ohio is a great example of this. East Mm. Palestine, in fact. The deregulatory environment that Mm. manifests is immensely damaging to, shocker, the heartland. Right. Right, 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 right. I mean, it's so infuriating that they can- economically they will benefit economically by untethering themselves from Fox News Channel. I, the question is whether that could ever possibly happen at this point because they're so deep, deeply yeah, ones, deeply indoctrinated into this cult. Uh, it's uh, going to be a tough haul. So, I mean, that's why you know one wonders whether this whole um, Dominion lawsuit against Fox News, if they win, I mean, it's billion, it's a billions of dollars. The, the lawsuit is huge. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not saying it's going to work, but I, I think it may, if it does, it would be a, a serious blow to Fox News. It would be a very, very serious blow. So, I mean, one can hope, right? I feel like I don't know how else, how else do you um, stop this incessant, insane bombardment of disinformation. I mean, it, it really is crazy. Like I, I wrote this piece about the anti-vax disinformation that's being flooded on Twitter um, and on Substack and other places like that. Now it feels like we're bailing out the Titanic with a teaspoon. <laughs> yeah. Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's one of the biggest hurdles we have to overcome as a democracy is this sort of pollution of the political discourse. And Fox News is, of course, the center of all of that. The center of all the disinformation. And, and we're just, we've discovered, and we, we haven't discovered, but we've confirmed once again in the past 24 hours how much bullshit it actually is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay, look, I'm going to, we're going to kind of continue a little bit on this theme, right? Um, this is a clip of Matt Tybee and Joe Rogan, and they're talking about uh, liberals, but how how nasty and bad liberals are and how they turn on people in an instant. Um, So I want you to listen to this, Bob, and I want to hear your reaction to this. Here we are. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. There's an amazing amount of resistance against him. And, you know, there's just the publicity campaign against him has been fascinating to watch. People go from thinking that Elon Musk is the savior that's bringing us these amazing electric cars and engineering new reusable rockets to he's an alt-right piece of shit who wants Donald Trump back in the office. And it's like it's very wild. The the speed with which they can sort of shuffle somebody into the Hitler of the month club uh, routine, (laughs) right? Like, you know, we've, we've always done this with foreigners, you know, whether it's. Noriega or Saddam Hussein or Milosevic or Assad or whatever it is. Like we have a playbook for cranking out negative information about, uh, you know, foreigners who get in our way for whatever reason. But now we've we've kind of uh, refined that technique for domestic people who are inconvenient. You know, I think yeah. they, they did it with Trump. Obviously, um, you know, they try to do it with. Tuck- Tucker Carlson with you, uh, you know, I mean, you, you got a taste of that for a few, a few times. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Right. Uh, and then, you know, with, with, e- with Elon, yeah, they, they, he went from being the guy who made electric cars sexy to like, you know, something to the right of Victor Orban in, in like <laughs> 10 seconds. It's, it's amazing. It is amazing. And the narrative is spread through progressive people. Well, they'll just say it now. It's like they've reached the memo, the memo's got to them, and then they just – I hear people in L.A., I hear people that I know, like, oh, Elon's just so crazy. It's like it was something happened to him. He went nuts, and he's a right-winger now. Like, how? What are you saying? Like, what, what examples do you have? Like, they don't have an example. They just have this narrative that reached them the signal. Like, Elon bad now. Oh, right. Elon bad now. Elon bad now. Elon bad now. Is that it? Okay. That's it. Where do we start? Oh Where do we God. fucking start? Oh my God, the who us attitude. 
the lack of accountability by these guys, the lack of self-awareness. He's a right winger. Yes, of course he is. Is he hanging out with MBS, hanging out with uh, Jared Kushner, supporting, trying to encourage Donald Trump to return to Twitter, uh, uh, replatforming white supremacists and proud boys and all these weirdos on Twitter? Shocking that we would jump to that conclusion about Elon Musk's motives and his politics. Oh, God damn it. And and by the way, Matt Taibbi, and sorry, I'm just commandeering the show at this point. Matt Taibbi <laughs> made his reputation on attacking Wall Street, attacking wealth, famously, in the wake of the Great Recession and so on. And now here he is on a $20 million podcast defending the world's wealthiest man and the world's wealthiest man's motives in taking over a public platform that was uh, flawed but had decent intentions, was kind of revolutionary in its own way, and turning it into his own personal homepage, his own personal playpen. That if you don't, I mean, to the point where He's getting jealous of Joe Biden's reach on the platform, encouraging his own staff or demanding that his own staff elevate his own engagement to top Donald Trump or to top Joe Biden. Totally normal. Elon Musk, totally fine. I don't know what all these liberals are talking about. And you know what? Look, there is groupthink on the left. I, I mean, it does happen. Obviously, it's nowhere near the caliber of the cult-like following of the aforementioned Fox News Channel or Donald Trump and all points in between. But it's there is validity to this attack. Right. I mean, of course, right? This is a guy who shared a conspiracy theory about Paul Pelosi, right, on Twitter. This is – Elon Musk did this. Mm-hmm. He's defending – Matt Tybee's defending um, Tucker Carlson, right? Yeah. Tucker fucking Carlson, the guy who on his nightly show, I I don't like to use the, I don't like to to call people white supremacists, um, uh, you know, casually, right? I think that there is a lot, there is a bit too much of that I see on the the left that everybody's a white supremacist, right? Um, And as someone who, um, the history of my family uh, were murdered by white supremacists, I want to be careful about calling people white supremacists, but Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist, right? He's a, he's an ethno nationalist, and he ha- he the guy is so clearly racist, or at least playing on racism, um, that you'd have to be willfully ignorant or willfully blind to to, to not see that, right? Tybee knows this. Tucker Carlson is a joke. He's a disgusting, misogynistic, homophobic, um, transphobic racist white nationalist dickhead and matt Tybee is there saying oh yeah you know he's apparently you know he's like the liberals have turned on him like no like tucker carlson has always been uh hated by by the left but not you you know more so in recent years when he went from being kind of quite like a right-wing dickhead to uh uh, an ethno-nationalist there was quite a significant sort of transformation so it wasn't that the left changed and we all became extreme no it was because tucker carlson got behind donald trump so i don't know what the hell matt taibbi is talking about i found this like very very disturbing to watch this it's like i i don't know who this journalist is anymore right yeah also on another side is his voice sounding a little weird now toby his voice it, it is sounds shaky very uh, shaky which could be you know just nervousness from being on joe rogan's show that's possible uh because it is a gigantic show mm. <laughs> there is no meritocracy in this country okay um it could be that i i don't know maybe it, 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 Adderall, I don't know. I don't know what causes someone's voice to get shaky like that. I mean, it, he's pretty young to have Parkinson's symptoms, although stranger things have happened. Michael J. Fox started showing Parkinson's symptoms, I think, in his 40s, was it? Mm. So, yeah. uh, or no, in his when he was doing Spin City, which is maybe in his early 30s, late, mid 30s. Regardless, it, it started young. Yeah, I mean, look, poor, like, hopefully, you know, p- politics aside and, and uh, 
yeah uh, the fact that i i, really, I wouldn't wish that on anyone i don't no, care. no 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 you know wishing him well health-wise but i'm just noting that he sounds different toby now mm-hmm. so i don't know what's i really don't know what's happening uh with the guy health-wise politically wise he's gone completely off the rails yeah and i thought that that this idea that i mean joe rogan like you know who me what i didn't do anything <laughs> it's like dude like you get you know it's like the council culture thing um it it really is what they're afraid of i think is is um it's consequence culture it's like there's a consequence for the bullshit that you say oh yeah right like i agree with him in certain respects right i do think that there is there there is some liberal hysteria and and um you know going after people who say things outside of the um sanctioned sort of um you know philosophical boundaries whatever mm-hmm. but by and large, it's people are facing consequences for the things that they're saying. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. kind of the whole idea, isn't it? In a democracy, you yes. say something, someone says something back, and then we work it out and we land on some place. Whether it's a, it's a conscious effort or it's just a matter of the process, we land somewhere maybe closer to one, person, one person's point of view or another por- person's point of view, and that's how we move forward as a society. And that's... Uh, that's at the core of uh, the, the very nature of democracy is about free and open debate where a, a stand-up comic or Tucker Carlson <laughs> for that matter can say something, but you know what? The audience can say something back, or even if you're not in the audience and you see it secondhand, you can say something back. I have yes. the right of free speech as much as uh, Joe Rogan or Matt Taibbi or Dave Chappelle or, Sebastian Maniscalco, as I talked about in the uh, in the banter this week, so um, that's something that I think gets lost in the conversation. Now, does cancel the so called cancel culture? Because I don't really think there's actual cancel culture. I think there's pockets of outrage that have uh, uh, consequences for whoever's being attacked, and it happens once in a while. It's always happened, but throwing mm. free speech or saying it's ruining comedy or whatever is unequivocally untrue mm. is absolutely not true in fact what it does is it actually reinforces the notion of free speech and uh, as i wrote this week in terms of comedy constantly whine. I, i'm hearing stand-up comics i'm hearing other people constantly whining about how well this cancel culture thing which doesn't exist uh <laughs> destroying comedy and how is comedy going to endure we can't tell jokes anymore you know <laughs> comics have been saying that for the history of civilization, because people have been complaining about what people say on stage for the history of civilization. And you know, I cited uh, an example in my banter piece this week where with uh, Frederick Douglass speaking out against blackface performers. Mm. And that was 1849. Somehow comedy survives. Somehow free speech survives. Amazing how that works. Yeah, no. and I mean, look, it, it, like one of the things I I really I liked about your piece this week, Bob, was the it's it, this and this is what really troubles me more than anything else, right? It's like it, it's so cheap, right? And it's so the the consequences of going after the trans community for cheap laughs is appalling, right? They are the most marginalized community probably on earth, probably in human history. Right, like trans people have it harder. I, I, I would be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find uh, a minority group um, who who have it worse than trans people. I have several trans friends. I know several trans people. I know a trans kid mm-hmm. um, as well. And the idea that they would choose this, the idea that they're ha- you know having a great time and and. Uh, it, is is a complete distortion, right? Or they're trying to like sexualize our children or whatever it is. Like it's, it's just awful. And I can't, I really just, I mean, look, I have my own thoughts on this, right? I think some of the gender ideology goes too far. I'm not a fan of like the whole pronoun thing. And uh, I do think sex has a biological basis. Um, that doesn't detract from my respect for trans people at all. Um, but regardless, like it's like a subject that I don't even really want to, talk about that much because of the fact that it's it's just so toxic for trans people yeah yeah i i, I just i've got like a two trans friends and and i just can't bear to think about what they must like seeing this stuff 
um, and being abused by comedians and 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 right wing media assholes. Like it's yeah. just it's just it's fucking horrendous. Um, yeah, I and mean, it's punching down. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's just punching down. Yeah, it's just yeah. punching down. You know, it's punching down, and it's bad comedy. I mean, this is uh, Roseanne Barr. Yeah, she's just not. It's just shit is not fucking funny. Yeah, it's just shitty comedy, and that's kind of the central thrust of my piece. I'm not looking to start any boycotts, nothing like that. I'm not really, frankly, into boycotts unless someone has said something so beyond uh, uh, morality, it's just something that's like morally reprehensible. Sometimes I'll say, "Well, listen, that person has to." take a take a knee for a while that person has to sit on the sidelines uh in the penalty box and mm. uh but most of the time uh i think condemnation works um but what offends me the most is is certainly a lot of this anti-trans punching down Mm. But it also offends me that this is now seen as valid comedy somehow, like uh, copying Jim Jordan's tweets. Now, I don't know if Roseanne, for example, or the many other reputable stand-up comics who mm. did the you know the same fucking pronoun joke that Roseanne told, my pronouns are kiss my ass, that whole bullshit. That's cribbed. Maybe not directly, maybe not consciously, but it's the same shit that Lauren Boebert's tweeting almost every day. Yeah. How many fucking uh, troll accounts have you seen in your mentions on Twitter where their profile has some sort of pronoun zinger like Roseanne told? See, that's to me, that's <laughs> that's the other side of this. The one that uh, Mark Marin was kind of hitting. It's like, you know. Look, if you were to take these uh, rules, these guidelines for comedy now, and you were to see them as a challenge to somehow figure it out. Like, you know, the the example I always think of, I didn't write about this, but this is just popping to my mind, is there was a DJ uh, that was very popular in the 80s and 90s. Uh, some of you may have heard of him. His name was, his radio name was Grease Man. He was the Grease Man, and he was on uh, DC 101 here in Washington, DC. Later on, he was nationally syndicated. And obviously, because he was on the radio, he couldn't uh, say certain things, certain words. He couldn't talk about certain subjects. So he made up fake words for all those things. And he would say, instead of saying fucking, he would say, <laughs> so stupid. He'd make up like these baby words, like hobbledoogie was. His <laughs> term for fucking. And so the point being is that Greaseman found a way uh, around the rules to say the things without being overly offensive or trampling the, uh, you know, the community standards that are applied to radio, which, by the way, talk about uh, trampling free speech. The FCC is one of these entities that has routinely trespassed against the free speech clause in the first amendment the all the finding that went on of howard stern is a great example of that and as i wrote in my piece comedy still survived it's amazing <laughs> even though howard stern was fined millions of dollars comedy is still here howard stern is still here uh but anyway so that should be the challenge the challenge should be to uh to find a way to do comedy that doesn't necessarily mean copying jim jordan's jokes or uh shitting all over children who are just trying to live based on who they are right exactly it, it, and and it's the attacking of children i think that that to me seems like the worst thing mm -hmm. as well and how miserable this is making like i you know i have a parent in my um you know i i don't want to give too many details but anyway i know someone with a trans child and um they haven't coached them. They haven't tried to, as Ben Shapiro says, trans their kid. Um, of it, the whole thing has been quite diff incredibly difficult and upsetting for them. They've had things sh screamed at them in the street. Um, they had to move the kid out of a certain school for being bullied, having a miserable time. Um, this kid locked um, their self in a bathroom, um, you know, for hours because of how upset they were. Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm reaching my 
my limits of tolerance for these for these assholes. Like it really is. I find it so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like a, again, it's a topic that I, I don't even have that many interesting things to say about it, right? Other than can we just be respectful towards people, right? That's like okay, that's kind of where I come down on, right? Yeah. Um, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Well, be respectful to people, and if you're operating in the world of controversial topics, don't mm. be shocked when you actually stir up controversy. Mm, right exactly exactly like, okay i'm like ricky gervais i'm gonna deliberately say something provocative because that's the point of why i'm saying it mm. uh and then it, it becoming somehow shocked and outraged when people go oh my god i can't believe you just said that right <laughs> well wasn't that's, that that's why you did it yeah that's why you did it yeah exactly, exactly. Well, did you, you want to say something controversial and people and, and for it to fall flat and not be controversial at all i don't know i don't understand that well, look, listen, so on this same topic, right? This is my both sides. We're going into our both sides segment. Um, my both sides choice today is uh, Ron DeSantis. And this is this goes into the whole trans debate thing as well. So this was uh, reported on uh, this week. Ron DeSantis requested the information of trans students who sought care at Florida's public universities. So um, now apparently students are planning a statewide walkout. The article goes on. This was published on Business Insider. Students across Florida are planning a statewide walkout after Governor Ron DeSantis requested all public universities comply in delivering data from student health services on transgender students who sought gender-affirming care at the institutions. DeSantis asked to see anonymized information of any student who has experienced gender dysphoria in the past five years. In addition, he wants the ages and the dates they received gender-affirming care. The deadline to submit those records was February 10th. Okay, like, what the fuck is going on here? What is happening? Right? Why are these? I I hope this is just a bit of PR that he's not actually serious about this because this is an egregious abuse of his power, right? Of an, an interference between the very intimate relationship between um, uh, a citizen, a private citizen, and their doctor, and nobody fucking else, and nobody else, not Ron DeSantis, not Neanderthal Ron DeSantis, right? This, yeah. This is kind of this is very very alarming, uh, and again, I think this is part of their strategy, the right strategy. Um, you know, it's like uh, Governor Huckabee, uh, Sarah Huckabee, going in, and the first thing she did was to uh, ban the use of the term Latinx mm-hmm. um, in, in office. This is all performative bullshit, right? To to rile up liberals. This is what they're doing. I'm saying, look, liberals, my message to you on this one as well is don't react to a lot of this stuff. Understand why they're doing this. Uh, they're doing it so that you react. So we need to be careful about how we react. But this whole thing uh, that's going on in Florida, uh, that's not cool. That's not cool at all. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh... I think I've talked about this before. In fact, I think I've written about this before. I think it's a a form of cultural secession. I think a lot of these red states and Florida being one of the the prime movers in all of this, uh, they're deliberately separating themselves from the morals and values and and laws of the United States as a whole, uh, creating uh, this right-wing utopia where certain people are – made into second-class citizens and ultimately uh, either persecuted where they are or driven out of those states, hence Hmm. the secession part of it. Uh, Ron DeSantis is is actively turning Florida into something that doesn't necessarily represent the values of America, the values of inclusiveness and equality and democracy. He's, uh, and and so much of it, (laughs) what's the, the sad part of this? is that so much of it is about just uh, uh, votes and donations, Mm. about telling uh, people who support him what they want to hear without any real long-term plan, without any sense that all of these things will survive the courts. Mm. Uh, And and so they'll just shower him in cash and continue to support him as long as, you know, it's the Fox News model. It's the Marjorie Taylor Greene model. Uh, I'm going to say obnoxious things. I'm going to be a rodeo clown, and you give me money in exchange for that, and that's our relationship. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, and again, it goes towards this this whole performative thing where the Tucker Carlson's, the Ron DeSantis's, the Donald Trump's, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, they're, they're putting on a big performance. They're pretending to be stupid. I mean, maybe Marjorie Taylor Greene is stupid. I don't know. Like, one suspects that she might not be as dumb as... She, they, they, you know, she may be another performance artist. This is all just theatre, right, to attract the, the, the dumber you are um, that, that you sound. When you're writing about this, about, like, deliberate spelling mistakes... Like Trump yeah. Would using yeah using deliberate spelling mistakes in his tweets and things like that. Stolen is the latest one. S T O L L E N that Donald Trump keeps using. It's ridiculous. Right, 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 right. And he's it's not because he doesn't know how to spell or he doesn't know how to to uh, construct sentences. I mean, he likely does, but he's doing this. I mean, maybe he doesn't. I don't know. It's hard to know anymore. Like we're living in this sort of very strange political climate where. Um, one side again I say this all, all the time that one side of the aisle um, is not a political party um, it, it's a sort of a quasi-fascist insurgency that is engaged in a kind of a hostile takeover of democracy mm-hmm. through idiocracy I watched Idiocracy recently by the way again I mean yeah. fucking frightening like, yeah. it really is kind of frightening watching that um, anyhow well, Bob what's your, your pick this week for both, for both sides Okay, um, yeah, I'm not sure uh, anyone's aware of this, but uh, it was reported this week that Donald Trump paid a research team to investigate the 2020 election, and they found nothing. So that the results of that were buried, and we're only finding out about them now through this reporting in the Washington Post, where the Trump campaign paid Berkeley Research Group through a subsidiary, East Bay Dispute and Advisory, uh, more than $600,000 in the final weeks of 2020. Uh, There may have been more spent, but uh, the Washington Post sources said other outside researchers were also hired. Uh, Research work included Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Nevada, the usual states, searching for possible uh, voter machine malfunctions, Dominion evidence of dead people's names being used to vote and other things, right? And, of course, none of the findings were presented to the public or in court. And ultimately, the research debunked Trump's conspiracy theories that he was peddling about the election, including claims about rigged voting machines and mass voting by dead people. Now, they did find just random anecdotal cases of improperly submitted ballots here or there, but we're talking about something that's similar to the Arizona audit where they didn't find anything. And this is the second case that we're hearing about where uh, they, they did a deep dive into the voting systems and, and recounting the ballots and looking at the statistics and so on of all of it and determining, oh, there's nothing here. And of course, Donald Trump plows forward with the uh, rigged voting bullshit, despite knowing that what he's saying is false. It's very similar to the Fox News situation, where Fox News knew this crap was false, but yet they continue to move forward with it. And the key here with this particular study is indicates that Donald Trump knew that he lost, which is, I think... Um, a, 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 a real component of a case, a, a, a prosecution against him. And so uh, I hope that's uh, what we end up seeing out of all of this. God, I hope so too. I, I really do. Uh, again, it seems to go in with our theme of the day of this yeah. whole performance, performance art, right? Right-wing performance bullshit. Yeah, and likewise, um, you know, uh, just a, a quick example of what happens on the other side when it comes to things like this. When the Mueller report came out, I think uh, most Democrats were like, oh, well, let's just move on. I guess we were wrong. Whoops. And so right. that's how we react when it comes to uh, uh, official reports along these lines. Donald Trump, yeah, just ignore it. Yeah, right, 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 exactly. Well, I mean, gosh, okay. Well, look, we're going to go into the um, into uh, the emergency meeting podcast um, on that light note uh, <laughs> for everyone. Uh, I've forgotten. Also, we need the uh, – hold on. Wait for it. 
this is the emergency meeting siren and we've got another one as well <laughs> that's the real one that's the real one this means we're going into the emergency meeting so in today's emergency meeting sorry the car alarm's still going on i'm triggering i'm probably triggering everybody here um you're starting so, Apple car alarms with it yeah right exactly um so in the emergency meeting today, we're going to be talking about Matt, Matt Gates. Okay, so this is a, a pretty serious. Uh, this was a very very serious story about um, sex trafficking inquiry that went into Matt Gates, uh, and the, the the Justice Department's decided not to bring charges against him. Now this has kicked off the mother of all debates um, and and conspiracy theories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and and uh, people are accusing liberals of of um, being hysterical and uh, not abiding by the rule of law that the guy must be innocent because uh, he's you know that if if the justice department decides not to prosecute him therefore um you know the case is closed and therefore he's fine and mm-hmm. we should all accept that he's not a uh, a pedophile um so anyway we're going to be discussing this because i have some thoughts on this um i have some i have some some questions and some thoughts and uh, we're going to get into that in the emergency meeting. So please come and join us there. You can get a Bantam membership. You can get 60% off Bantam membership. Come and join us there. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week. And we'll be back hopefully with Justin, who should um, hopefully recovered from COVID by then. Yeah, get well soon, Justin. Get well soon, Justin. Okay.